Hey guys, um, my name's Adam. I'm the volunteer coordinator here at Downtown Harbor Church. I'm super excited to be with you guys all here at our 9 a.m. service today here at DHC, where we're gonna we are gonna continue with this series, talk, conversation, whatever you want to call it, called seemingly impossible. And I love the title of this because what we're doing in this message series is we are looking at a number of things, specifically things that Jesus instructed his followers to do. And what I love about what we're looking at in this series is that we are looking at things that are possible that shouldn't be possible, right? We're looking at those things or those ideas or those concepts or even those instructions from Jesus where he said to his followers, hey, this is what you should do. He's always calling his followers to a higher standard of living, a higher way of life. And people are like, even at the time, they're going, how in the world are we going to do this? How are we going to get this done? What are we going to do? And they've seemed impossible. And we're going to talk about those throughout this entire message series. And I love this because Jesus taught his disciples to live a certain way. And the way, don't miss this, this is so key, because if you're a follower of Jesus in this room, maybe you haven't crossed the line of faith yet, but you're considering it. I just want you to know that Jesus teaches his followers to live a certain way, a way that is always calling his followers to a higher standard of living, a different way of living, a different way historically than culture has always lived, a different way that in a modern time, culture always lives. Jesus taught his disciples to live a different way, a way, don't miss this, that was almost impossible, a way that when we look at it and we go, man, I don't think that's something that I can do. There's a point and a purpose behind that. And today what we're going to look at is we're going to look at one of those specific times that Jesus, right, almost used a thou shalt not, right? He almost used a, hey, if you're going to live this way, if you're going to live this almost impossible way, there's a, a, a way that you should live and you should not be doing this at all, right? In fact, when he uses the words thou shalt not, it's like, man, we should listen up. We should zone in. We should like land on this. And so today we're going to look at the time where Jesus told his followers, such a key phrase, such a key moment of teaching in the history of the scripture, that thou shall not judge. Ooh boy, right? And this is one that just gets all of us because, well, first of all, let me just kind of really just summarize this for you and what he taught us to do. And he, we were talking about impossible things and how he told us to behave and what to do. This is what he said, do not judge. And I got to tell you, for humanity, and by the way, this is the reason he called his followers to this way of living, because for humanity, this is just really easy for us, isn't it? It's really easy, and it's human nature to have a thought about someone or something immediately when you see it. You do it all the time. Whether you go to a restaurant and have a meal, that was a good meal, that was a bad meal, the service was good, the service was bad. You went to the Lion King last week, maybe like I did, and some people loved it, some people hated it because it trashed the original, quote unquote. I didn't think it did, I thought it was just okay. But you're always making judgments about things, specifically people. When you see other individuals and you're looking at them, you immediately have a thought about them. It's human nature. More than likely, you are probably having thoughts about me right now. And you might be having some thoughts like, man, that guy's hair is getting long. I mean, I don't know how he's figuring it out, right? Um, but I got a couple of friends who are growing their hair out, so I'm trying to emulate them in 2019 because I still have hair, unlike some other of my friends who are in this room. But anyway, regardless, um, and it's one of those things that you're, and you might be looking at me going, man, 
That guy, because it's just human nature, that guy's got a lot more energy than the other guy. You go, and the other guy's kind of like a professor and calm and probably is a lot smarter you know, than the guy on stage right now. But you're going, this, other, this guy's really like energetic. And I get out of bed like this. Like I'm ready to go, right? And so you're having a thought about, it's human nature to have a thought about someone. when It's just natural, right? But basically what Jesus is saying when he says, do not judge, because it's so natural for all of us, is that when you do this, what you shall not do when you're judging someone, it's so key. Thou shalt not size me up and write me off. And how often have you done that to someone where you have no idea about them? Maybe you do even know them and you're like, man, you see her coming? (laughs) I already have a thought about her and a concept about her. You see him coming? I already know about him and I don't even know what his name is or who he is. That's human nature for all of us to do that. Because the truth is, a lot of us in every circumstances are sizing up everybody around us consistently based on what we see and what we can't see. So key to understand that. A lot of us will just go and size up someone's hairstyle. We'll go, man, that's a great haircut. That's a bad haircut. They don't have hair. Maybe they do. I don't like that color on them. It's gray. It's too long. It's blonde. Did they dye that? Of course they did. All the things that we do, we just look at somebody's hairstyle and we're like, man, look at that. How often have we judged somebody's outfit, right? Just think about these minor things. You go to a wedding, and you're like, I cannot believe she wore that, right? You've, you've been there. Or maybe you go to a wedding, you're like, I cannot believe he wore that. Like, if you look back at my wedding pictures, people would have thought that about me. Because I wore a white pinstripe tuxedo and had bleach blonde hair at my wedding, and she still married me. I'm just saying, okay? So a lot of times, like, you might be going, like, judge my outfit, judge my hairstyle. We're always doing that. How about this? Man, look at that tattoo. Don't you love my throwback to the lead pastor, John Garippa, with the red lettering here in this text? Can I, because that's not of my DNA. But you're probably going, man, did you see that tattoo? What? I mean, I saw a tattoo on Facebook last night. It was one of those things where someone posted a picture of it, and somebody had this massive tattoo on their leg. And I'm going, that is the most hideous thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm catching myself, I'm going, I'm judging. I'm, doing, I'm always judging, right? How about you're doing this? How about observe the person on my arm? You ever did something like that? Somebody comes in, and you're going, man, I can't believe she's with him. Hey, don't you think she's a lot better than that? I can't believe he's with her. Man, he could do way better than her. The truth is, is that we do this all the time. In every minute of every day, in every week of every month of every year that we're alive, we judge. It's human nature to do so. In fact, but the problem is, the problem is that Jesus says, do not judge. Jesus clearly, and then we're going to look at the scripture, and Jesus clearly says, do not judge. In fact, it goes back to this, thou shalt not size me up and write me off. And the truth is, is that we do that to a lot of people. And so we're going to talk about what that looks like today. But before we even get into the scripture, and I love this scripture today because it's just a small amount of scripture that we're going to put on the screen today, but it's so powerful and so impactful. But before we go into the scripture, I want to ask you a question because I started to ask my own, my own self this question as I was writing this message this week. I was thinking about just humanity and being judgmental, right? But then I started to take that a step further to the next level. I started to ask myself, why are religious people so judgmental? 
And maybe you're not. Maybe you got the judging thing figured out and you're not like me. And maybe you, maybe you don't do this, right? But it's the idea that, that a lot of religious people, not even just Christians, but a lot of religious people, whether you're talking about Judaism or Islam or any of the other major world religions, right? A lot of times in those specific religions or way of thinking, there is a lot of judgment. And so I started to think to myself and ask myself the question, why are religious people so judgmental? And I came up with two reasons. And I think you'll probably understand and agree with me if you just land here for a second. The first one is this. The first one is jealousy. Ooh, smack dab right between the eyes. We're judgmental maybe because they're doing something that we can't do. Perhaps a lot of times even we might look at sinful behavior or sinful things and go, man, that looks like fun. I love when people tell me, oh, I don't want to sin because it's not fun. Have you ever tried some of that stuff? It's fun. It just will destroy your life, which is why Jesus speaks against it. But a lot of times we go, man, you know what? I, maybe, I, maybe I'm jealous because I can't do some of that. And all of a sudden we're going, shame on them, shame on them. Look at the person on their arm. Look at that tattoo. In Leviticus, it talks against that, right? Look at, I'm ta- and and maybe, maybe they secretly want a tattoo. Maybe they want a sleeve, right? Maybe it's, I don't know what the case is. But people are jealous, and a lot of religious people are jealous. And we're going, man, I want to have, I really, and I want to admit this publicly, but I really want what they have. Maybe we're jealous. Second one is this, and it's maybe even more prevalent. That we're self-righteous. When we go, man, you know what? God has filled my heart and my life with his spirit, and I am equipped with the word, the Bible, and I know how to live. If you're not living this way, shame on you. Look at you for doing that. Look how great I am. And if you think there aren't people like that, specifically in religious circles, just look around. Because I've met a lot of them in my life. And they are out there. Jealousy and self-righteousness, I just feel like lend to the religious uh, people being uh, being judgmental toward others. There's a problem with that. And it may not necessarily be in other religions. I don't know. I'm not a studier of other religions. I've studied Christianity basically my entire adult life. But the problem with that is, is that Jesus says something, and I'm going to bottom line it, and then we're going to go into the scripture. Jesus said something to his followers about the way that we judge, and it's so important. And it may may absolutely blow your mind, blow your perspective on this if you land here and dive in, right? This is what Jesus said. Judge unto others as you would have others judge unto you. Ooh. Dagger right between the heart. Would I really want others judging me the way that I judge someone else? Probably not. In fact, we ask this question related to it. How would you want to be judged? How do you want to be judged? Have you ever thought about that? How do you want to be judged? Because you know what I want? I want to be judged with grace and people understanding my faults and loving me and embracing me anyway and trying to correct things and going forward in my life, right? That's how I would want to be judged consistently. Well, the great news is, is that Jesus addresses this in very direct context in the book of Matthew chapter 7. So if you do have a scripture, you can get and open it. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. You can follow along on any mobile device if you want to. If not, no worries. It will always be on our screens here 
at DHC. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Here's what he says. And don't miss this because there's so many twists and turns in this. And it seems so straightforward when we first read it. But don't miss this because it's really not, okay? I'm going to kind of shift gears midway through this. But stay with me. Do not judge or you too will be judged. That's enough for me to never judge somebody's shirt ever again, right? Like, it's just, do not judge or you'll be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I love that Jesus just puts it all back on you. Hey, no problem. You know, you want to judge? Go ahead. God's going to judge you the same way. What? Goes on. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? First of all, let me stop. You ever looked at a speck of sawdust? Almost unrecognizable because it's so small. Think of a grain of sand that you might even miss because it's that small. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Ooh. Why are you looking at someone else when your life has issues? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye and Jesus just brings it home with a humdinger, a real Donny Brook here in the end, and he goes, you hypocrite, you hypocrite, you hypocrite, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Hold on a second. Wait, what, 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 what? I thought you just said, Jesus, do not judge. What, what, are you, what, are, what are you talking about? Hold on. Let me go again. You hypocrite, right? Go to the next slide. First, first, see the red, okay? First, take the plank out of your own eye. Okay, so wait a second. Jesus is flipping the switch a little bit. First, take the plank out of my own eye. Address me, address my own life. Why? And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Interesting. Because with first pass, when you read this, and really don't focus on those red words right there, you think this is fairly simple. And it's fairly simple, and this might be even a bottom line that we can take from here, right? This is what it says. How dare you look at someone else's life before you look at your own life? How dare you look at someone else's life in any capacity before you examine yourself? So the lesson of the entire scripture that we just read in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, the lesson could be very easily bottom line with this clear statement. And I think we could put this up, we could end service early, and we could all go home. In fact, we may just do that today. But here's the lesson that we could all learn from. Very simple. Lesson. Mind your own business. Mind your own business. Hold on. This doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem like the Christian way. This can't, I mean, I've been through the journey before. I've been through church a long time. I've read this scripture over and over again. This, this doesn't seem like the Christian way. This can't be true. Even though it probably rings true for some of us, and there's parts of that that are true, there's a problem. There's a big, big problem. There's a problem with minding your own business, isn't there? Now, if you're not a Christian in the room, 
and you're not a part of the Christian community in any way, here's the deal. You mind your own business all day. I'm not talking to you right now. You go ahead and you do that. But if you are a Christian in this room and you are a follower of Jesus and you have said yes to following after him in your life, then there's a problem with minding your own business. Because at the end of the day, if we look at Jesus's greatest command, which is love, loving your neighbor as yourself, loving those around you as yourself, then we can't just mind our own business all the time, can we? Because our brothers and sisters around us, those who we would be in community with, those who we would love and they would show love to us, there are times when we go, we've got to get ourselves right so that we could step in and help someone else along the way. And it's so often when someone's helped or when someone kind of is struggling with something and someone comes alongside them and kind of reaches out a hand, a lot of times we get defensive. Maybe you're on the other side of it and you're struggling through something, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit, whatever it is. Do you want to know what a lot of times people say, specifically if someone comes alongside them? This is what they say. You have no right to judge me. You have no right to judge me. Don't mind your own business. Don't interfere with my affairs. Mind your own business. There's a problem. And the problem is, the problem is the Christian faith doesn't just call us to stay in our own lane. Jesus even confirms that in the last verse in that passage that I read. This is what it said, right? You hypocrite. First, address your own issues. Go after it. Get your life figured out. First, take the plank out of your own eye. And then, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Wait a second. So Jesus, are you saying that judgment is okay? No, no, no. He said, do not judge. But he also said, when you start evaluating your own life, Maybe judgment actually turns into love for the people that you care about the most. Because do not judge if you only go forward with that. And if you only go forward with the idea of I should not judge, you have to understand that's not all there is to this. The Christian faith following after Jesus calls us to a different life and more of an intense life, right? Because here's the question we have to ask. And if you've ever been around somebody like this, or maybe you've engaged with this, or maybe you've been on the recipient, you know, the recipient end of this, you know, here's the question. What happens? I love the red. Don't you love the red? What happens when a brother or sister's going down? You ever been there? When somebody is going down and you're watching them spiral out of control and then you go, I shouldn't judge. I shouldn't get involved. They, in fact, they may come back to me and say, you have no right to judge me. I shouldn't get involved. The problem is love calls us to a completely different way and set of living. If someone in our circles, in our community, Christian or not Christian, is going down, we have a responsibility to let love trump judgment and to get involved, sometimes based on our experience and what we've been through. So let me just give you a couple examples of what I mean when I say this, because I think it's so key. I wanted to give you a list of things you should and should not bring up with someone, okay? I think this is so key. Because there are certain things, right, 
leave them alone, okay? There's just there's certain things. Just leave people alone, right? Especially if you're married, leave the person alone, okay, about these things. It's just kind of a joke, but it's kind of not. And then there are things that we should bring up, okay? We just... Things you shouldn't judge. Let's leave people with terrible outfits alone. You're not fixing them, okay? They're, they're going down their own way in their own path on their own, right? Don't get involved there. Let's let them be. If they want to dress like that, no problem, okay? So just, just leave them alone, right? Just, I, I, there are sometimes, like, I don't know if you've ever seen me up here before, but I like those. I like to wear some of those, like, po patterned Hawaiian-style shirts. You ever seen me in one of those things? My favorite. Well, there would be people who will tell me, man, that's a terrible shirt. And I say, hey, do you remember... The movie Batman from 1989 starred Jack Nicholson. There was a great movie in that line in 1989. You want to know what his line was in that movie? I didn't ask, okay? So it's one of those things just sometimes you don't need to say anything, okay? Terrible outfit. How about, you know, hey, your beard is too long. Anybody ever tell you that one? If you got a beard, your beard's too long, right? A lot of times we, we got a tech guy in the back of the room, man, beard long, right? You grow it as long as you will grow it to your feet, tie it around your toes for all I care. Not anybody's business, okay? Beard, it might be too, how about video game obsession? You know something? You play a lot of video games. Who cares, right? I mean, are you still making money? Are you still bringing home a paycheck? Are you still supporting your family? Fine, leave them alone. Who cares, right? How about fried food? Here's the deal. I love me a double cheeseburger from Wendy's. Like, it's brutal, like, and I shouldn't eat it. But I, it's one of those things that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it every now and then, right? So I know it might be clogging my arteries, and I know I might have, you know, if somebody said something to me, you know, for every double cheeseburger you have in your life from Wendy's, you shave like three days off your life, perfect, no problem, don't care. I'm still going to have the double cheese, okay? Leave, that's the things you just don't really want to judge. Talking about those times when love can trump judgment, and you should be involved. Let's take a look at some of the times that you should judge. Or you should love. Let's change the statement there. How about when someone's about to ruin their own marriage and you know about it? And they're about to spiral out of control and God may actually have you in their life for a specific reason like that. Just like that. Where you may go, hey, I, 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 I don't want to judge you, but I, I, I got to talk to you as a brother. I got to talk to you as a sister. I got to jump in. How about when somebody's about to ruin their own marriage? How about when someone's about to make an unwise financial decision? I'll never forget when I was, before I was married in like 2005, right? I had just gotten my first job. I was excited to get out of my house and I almost bought this like small condo in a small town in Michigan just to have my first place. And somebody wise in my life pulled me aside at that point and they said, hey, we just want to let you know, we think you're making a massive mistake by doing this. And sure enough, had I probably bought that condo at some point, I would have never moved to Fort Lauderdale, Florida because I would have been tied in financially and the market crashed immediately when I decided to move. Someone took aside, took me aside and said that to me. And you know what I easily could have said? You have no right to judge me. They weren't judging me. They were loving me. How about when decisions are big related to your path? How about when you're on a journey and you're going, man, I'm going in this direction. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a city move. Maybe it's a business move. I don't know. And you go, I just need someone to come up and support me and love me alongside of this. And the truth is, is that a lot of us would look at people and go, you have no right to judge me. But they do have a right to love you. And that's the difference that's the key. There is a difference between judgment and loving someone. I don't know about you, but I would just hope that this is true in my life. You would hope you have someone in your life who cares enough about you to bring this up. 
Wouldn't you hope that you have someone in your life who cared about you enough to go, you are going to step in mud here. This is a bad decision. This is not good. Don't do this. I will walk through you with this. I will come alongside you with this, but don't do this. This is about appropriately getting to a place where you have a relationship so you can approach someone about the stuff in their life. Don't, I'm going to read this again because it's long. It's probably the longest slide we've ever put on the screen, but I just couldn't get it shorter than this. Let me read it again. This is about appropriately getting to a place where you have a relationship so you can approach someone about the stuff in their life. Because here's the truth, gang. There's one key word in this. You want to guess what it is? Relationship right there. You can't go and love someone without a relationship. In fact, I could probably make the argument that loving someone without a relationship is judgment. Not in all circumstances, but in some. you got to have a relationship to be able to approach someone and dive deep with someone. And so often the per person on the other side, because gang, here's the deal. Let's be honest. How many of us like to be called out? Anybody want to admit that they like to be called out? Nobody likes to be called out. And so often, you want to know what happens to us when we call, when someone calls us out? You want to know what a lot of us do? Because a lot of us, at the end of the day, we're snowflakes. And we kind of, we, bottom line is, we're, we think that we're not. But you're a snowflake and I'm a snowflake because nobody likes to be called out. Oh, they hurt my feelings, right? Oh, I, you know, I've been, I've been judged, right? And a lot of times we go, this is human nature. It's who we are. And a lot of times we go, that's so judgmental. How could you say that to me? That's so judgmental. In the circumstances that I've just described, no, it's not. No, it's not. That's why Jesus said that about removing the plank from your own eye. We haven't even landed there, but that's so key, about removing the plank from your own eye, getting your life to the point where you're straight, and you're never going to be com uh, completely 100% straight, but you want to get your own life to the point where you can go, man, I'm in a good, decent place. I can invest in the life of someone else. No, it's not judgmental. Not when there's a relationship. Jesus commanded us on this earth. Jesus commands us to address our issues so we can help others with their issues. Did you ever think about that? Jesus commands you to get your life figured out, not just so you can have a better life, but so you can help someone else along the way. That's love, not judgment. And in fact, that's not just judgmental when you do it. That is obedience. That's obedience. Because you know what? It's one of those things that I don't get the microphone as often as I used to. And that was my decision, by the way. So I'm excited to be back up here. But I don't get the microphone as often as I used to. But when I do get it, I like to continually beat a drum over and over again. And I'll beat this drum until I'm in the ground or burnt and sitting on a mantle somewhere. That was awful. I can't believe I said that, right? But I won't say that at 1030 when I'm being broadcast, but sometimes it just comes to your mind. But here's the deal. Sometimes when I get this, I just want to reiterate what Jesus called us to do. He called us to love one another. He said that the greatest commandment 
that you could ever abide by was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the way that you do that, do you know how he said you execute loving God the Father? By loving your neighbor as yourself, by loving one another. And part of love is not just patting somebody on the back who might be in need. That's good. Loving someone might just not be being gracious to a coworker. That's good. Loving someone might be getting in the rut, in the mud, in the ditch with someone who needs something that you have been through yourself. That's what's so key. Loving and judging are not mutually exclusive. Did you know that? A lot of times we think, don't we hear that and we go, do not judge, do not judge, do not judge, do not judge, don't judge, right? Mind your own business. That's the lesson. That's not the Christian way. Jesus taught so many other things than that. So let me tell you about love as it relates to what it looks like in judgment. Let me tell you about love. Let me tell you about what love does. Love forbids me from sizing you up and writing you off. It does. If you're a Christian and you're consistently sizing people up and writing people off based on what you see or maybe what you've briefly experienced, stop. They are a person with a heart and a life and a future. And God has poured into them. He has created them. They deserve a chance. This does not negate that some people are morons. We understand this, okay? But it does mean that we have a responsibility in specific ways not to judge. But you want to know what else does? You, know what, you want to know what else love does? It's so key because it's the exact contrast of sizing you up and writing you off. Love also forbids me from sizing you up and walking away. Because a lot of us tend to look at people when they're going through stuff and go, I don't, I don't think I can get involved here. You have to. You have no choice. Jesus has called you to. That is not judgmental. That is love. And you want to know what's so true about judging from a negative perspective that's not rooted in love? And by the way, side note, a lot of churches and Christians come to people and they're exercising judgment and they're judging and they go, I just am doing this in love. Bogus, you are not. Do it in real love. Do it in a real way that impacts someone's life with a relationship. I cannot tell you the number of times that I have heard from local churches who don't have a relationship with someone or don't have a you know, connection to anyone at all and they cast judgment on their life and they go, we're just doing this in love. Love is judgment without a, re- or judgment is not love without a relationship. Bottom line, here's just all the other thing I know. Jealousy and self-righteousness get in the way of love. Why religious people judge? Jealousy, self-righteousness, they get in the way of love. Let's go back to that scripture, right? Why did Jesus say to take the plank out of your own eye so you can help someone? I just believe this. You need to take the plank out of your eye in preparation for removing the speck from your brother's eye. He's getting you ready to help. This is all calling his followers to a higher standard. It's all calling his followers to a seemingly impossible way of life. That's why he did it. That's why he said this. It wasn't black and white. And what I love is he started out black and white and then he flipped the switch and he goes, but not so fast. So what's the practical? Every week at Downtown Harbor Church, we put this word on the screen. And one of the things that we consistently do is at DHC, we go back to this and we go, hey, how do you sit in this room and hear a message 
on a Sunday and then put it directly into practice on Monday. The first thing I want to do today is I want to review the scriptures. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 1. I want you to tattoo this in your brain. Speaking of tattoos, I brought them up earlier. Tattoo this on your back, on your arm. Get a tramp stamp if you want to. This is how it goes. Okay? Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And when the measure you use it, it will be used, it will be measured to you. It goes on. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Why do you do that? Stop. Don't do that. It goes on. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. That is so massively powerful. This is why those of us in this room who have chosen to follow after Jesus, follow after Jesus. You know why? I don't want a black and white life. I want to wrestle through this stuff consistently. So at the end of my life, I can actually stand before him and go, I just tried to wrestle through this. I didn't get everything you said, Jesus. In fact, I got very little of what you said. But man, I want to wrestle through this with people who love him, who are a part of our community. So what's the practical? What are those things that we're going to give you to walk away with? Number one is this. Do not judge. If you're judging, stop it. Stop it. Don't make that a practice in your life because the other thing that I will tell you is that people will eventually stop wanting to be around you, <laughs> just so you know. If you're a judgmental person, just watch. People are going to eventually stop wanting to not hang with you either. Stop judging people. Number two, here it is. Allow relationship to turn potential judgment into loving obedience. Now, it's a big slide. In fact, Christina and I worked on this this week and we got together and I said, I think this slide works. And we looked at, we stared at it for a while. And I was like, I think it works, but I'm gonna have to unpack it for everybody, right? Allow relationship, meaning that you would have relationship with someone else to turn potential judgment, things that you would just look at them and say, I'm going to judge you for this. I'm going to pass judgment on you for this into loving obedience. The idea that we wouldn't come forward with a negative emotion or a negative feeling that we would take forward love and we would go, I'm going to come alongside of you because I already took the speck out of my own eye. I'm going to come alongside of you as a brother and or a sister and I'm going to help because I love you and I'm called by my faith in Christ to love each other. Allow your plank removal to help others. Think about your plank removal for a second, because we've all got one. I don't know what it is for you, but I just know this about human beings, is that the odds are is that most of us in this room have been through something. Odds are that most of us in this room have been through a journey, sometimes a very emotional, sometimes a lighter journey. I don't know where you're at, but I just you know this. I know that you got a plank in your own eye, or at least you had one at one point in your life, and you either have to take it out or you took it out. What are you doing with that moment as it relates to helping other people? What are you doing with that moment as it relates to pouring back into the people who we should care about with love? Judging and loving are not mutually exclusive. They go hand in hand more than you could ever think. They weigh on each other. They absolutely balance back and forth in the Christian faith. Do not judge, yes, 
But oh boy, you want to take that plank out of your own eye. So when someone that you know is at the end of their rope, is at the bottom of the barrel, that you can actually have that plank have been removed from your own eye so that you can help someone else right where they're at. That at the core of the Christian movement is love, not judgment. And we wouldn't, why wouldn't we want that for each other? We would. So let's let it start here at Downtown Harbor Church where we help brothers and sisters who need it the most. Love, not judgment, can begin to change the world. Let me pray. Father, for who you are, God, we love you. We thank you, Lord. Bless us as we process this. It's such a unique message, but that last verse in the book of Matthew was so powerful and so true about why we need to take the plank out of our own eye so we can help remove the speck in a brother's eye or a sister's eye. God, help us to do that. What metaphors that you use to describe that for us here today? Guide us, Lord. Help us. Help us to be your hands and your feet, whether we currently have a speck of sawdust or we got a plank. I don't know where everybody in this room is at, but you do. Surround us with your grace and your mercy and your peace as we process this today, as we discover what it looks like to debate and wrestle between judgment and love, judgment and love over and over again. And God will be so quick to give you all the glory. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.